Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sean Payton, keep talking that we're going to see him soon. You feel me? All right. All right. Uh, welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Ramstock Radio. Part of the Blue Hour Podcast Network. We're presented by TickPick. The best place to buy tickets, and uh, boy, am I glad I can't use TickPick to go to this week's game, because, woo, uh, here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, how, how you feeling, man? How, how you feeling after this ass beating we took this week? You know, um, <laughs> it was a humbling experience, I feel like, for the majority of Ram fans, and uh, myself included, don't get me wrong, at uh, you know, it, it's kind of one thing to come from beating the defending Super Bowl champs and then just getting your asses handed to to you uh, by the Arizona Cardinals. And not for nothing, you know, I mean, the uh, Arizona Cardinals are a pretty damn good team. So They're really good. They're clearly yeah, really good. Yeah, much different than the Arizona Cardinals we faced even last year. So... For everyone that's saying like can't believe we lost to the Cardinals, uh, no back back step a little bit there. Uh, these are not the same Arizona Cardinals we faced uh, in the past few years. Clearly, so yeah, it, it was it was a humbling experience. But uh, some people need to take a step back and relax a little bit. Yeah, there there's a lot to be concerned about for sure. We're gonna complain probably for. The majority of this podcast, um, but yeah, Arizona is really good. I mean, after this game, you could probably say right today they're the best team in the conference, if not the league. After that performance, uh, they're a, re- a really good football team, and we've beaten them what eight straight times entering this game. So they're bound to beat us at some point. I in our preseason picks, I had the Rams losing the second matchup to this team, but I mean, I'm not shocked that they lost here uh clearly a good team but the way we lost is brutal i i ranked the losses of the sean mcveigh era johnny based on how painful they were to watch i had this one third on my list i think this is the third worst loss of the sean mcveigh era uh only behind the jets game last year and the Cowboys game in 2019. A lot of people compared it to the Ravens game from 2019. But we're, we were so much worse than the Ravens were that season. Like, they, they were on a completely different level than us. We, we were not, we shouldn't have even been sharing the same field during that week. 
whereas this game, you know, we are not that much worse than the Cardinals, if we're even worse on our best day. And so to lose like this, man, it was really like just a really deflating loss. And no, the season's not over, but uh, it's certainly a tough pill to swallow given how good we this team is and how good we know they are. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Like, it it's certainly not worth saying that the season's over or anything like that. I, I think you tend to see a lot of of one sidedness on both sides, whether you're too much of a, a cheerleader fan or you're too much of a uh, pessimist or whatever. You know, it's. You know, you, you got to look at things from both sides a little bit here. And, yeah, there's a lot to be concerned about as well. You know, there was, particularly for me at least, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, that was the biggest concern. But we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we got, we got a lot to break down. I mean, uh, for anyone who is listening to this podcast without knowing the result of this game, uh, for some reason, obviously, we we're talking about the 37-20 loss to the Cardinals. Cardinals moved to 4-0. They take over sole possession of first place in the division. Rams are still pr- sitting pretty at 3-1. Um, and one. I don't know why. I lost my train of thought there. You know, it, it, I still believe in this team a lot. I still think this team is capable of making and winning a Super Bowl this year, but you clearly see in the team uh, uh, what they look like on their worst day. And this was certainly bad. You know, there was some positives, I guess. There wasn't many of them. But to me, so I, I'm just going to rant here a little bit, Johnny, and I'll let you rant. Um, the I think this game, first and foremost, falls on the shoulders of our head coach, Sean McVay, who, who basically acknowledged as such in his post-game comments. He said he's got to be way better. You know, there's no excuses. He didn't do a good enough job getting the guys ready to go, but fortunately they'll have a chance to respond the way they expect to, yada, yada, yada. There are a lot of decisions, a lot of things that I didn't do nearly good enough job for the football team. You know, there are, yes, you could have done a better job preparing the team, but to me the the biggest mistakes is, the a lot of the reasons we lost came in this game. I feel like I, I wrote a list. Like I, I genuinely correct me if I'm wrong, Johnny. I think this is the worst game he's ever coached. What I mean is that a crazy thing to say? You could certainly say it's one of them. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can overlook the New York Jets loss. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, you you mentioned it earlier. I mean. <laughs> the Jets should have been a massacre by the Rams, and then they ended up losing. Yeah, and, and I think a reason why I would say this is worse than the Jets is because we knew the limitations on that offense last year, and we know a lot of those limitations are not relevant to this year's team. And so it makes it a little more frustrating to me when they perform this poorly. And the, a lot of mistakes, you know, the, the Stafford interception was – was bad. I think it was on him. Um, even if McVay dialed that play up, it wasn't a bad play call, but you shouldn't be throwing that pass. And it was a bad pass. You know, if he threw a good pass, it might have been catchable. But 
there were so many things that set the Rams back in this game that I, I personally I put on McVay. I, I, I made a, a big list of this. So, I mean, the big thing everyone's talking about is their decision to move away from the run. Certainly part of it. I, I think it's been a little overblown because they still did run the ball quite a bit. But um, the most notable occurrence was, you know, McVay said game game flow dictated that they had to pass because the game started to get away from them. But, you know, they were down 11 in the second quarter and they ran seven consecutive passing plays. And so that's kind of unforgivable given how well Henderson was running the ball before that drive. Um. <laughs> And, you know, a part of that, I think, was because Sony Michelle fumbled on the first play, the previous drive. But that's your backup running back. Yeah, you can take him out of the game and not play him for the rest of the game, but don't not run the ball as a result of that. The biggest, the biggest thing that infuriated me in this game was the amount of times they trotted out in an empty formation on the goal line. And this is part of the moving away from the running game thing. They they did they ran the ball once in goal to go situations, I think, or, or twice. But one of them was Stafford on the QB sneak. One of them was Stafford on a passing play. I guess I guess three times, two designed runs. Five out of seven of their goal to goal situation plays they ran empty. Okay, like you're on the fucking goal line. Yeah, I I get maybe doing it once to throw off the defense, get them off your scent. But five times, and it, it didn't. None of them worked. It, it, there was no payoff. Not a single one. Like they did score a touchdown on one of the empty plays, which Sean McVay decided to not challenge for some reason. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. On the broadcast, that was clearly a touchdown, right? Like if they challenged that, there's about a 99 percent chance they would have won. Yeah. Well, I, I I believe that that it crossed the goal line for sure, and. In a way, I can kind of understand why they opted not to, and primarily because uh, timeouts were such a big concern. So losing that timeout would have been huge if it didn't, you know, get overturned. But I, I can see the argument on both sides on that. So on that one, yeah, I don't know. It's you're right. Like he's in. You know, the ball crosses the plane. I, I, I think somebody up top should have told him he, he's got to challenge that. I don't know. Uh, you know, but beyond that, you know, you come out fourth and inches in empty. So there's no threat that you're going to run the ball. You know, yeah, Matthew Stafford did almost run the ball in on a, on a quarterback run earlier in the drive. But, like, Cam Newton's not back there, dude. It's fourth and inches on the goal line. Put a running back in the fucking backfield and give – let the defense know that there's a chance that you're going to run the ball up the middle rather than come out in shotgun empty. You know, like these are things like, you know, I sit here ranting about how Sean McVay had a horrible game. You know, I, if you've listened to this podcast for a long time, you know, I think he's a great coach, but over the years, you know, it seems like once or twice a season, we have this podcast where there's just these unexplainable, weird coaching decisions where it, like it's it's an attempt to be too smart, I feel like. You know, you got to go against the grain by running empty on the goal line. You don't have to run empty on the goal line. And an- another mistake that really bugged me in this game, and this, this might not be a universally agreed decision, they had a third and four um, where they didn't convert and they called a 10-yard penalty, and we accepted it 
to get them out of you know get them out of field goal range they still would have kind of been in it uh if they didn't convert on the third and 14th but guess what we were getting fucking cooked the entire game and they converted on third and 14th i just don't get why you would give them a chance to convert that and keep the drive moving and get a touchdown rather than you know, like you know they're probably going to kick it if they don't get that it's a harder field goal but it's a guaranteed field goal attempt and you get the ball back with like I think there was like a minute to go in the half and instead they they run the clock out and we have to take a knee when we get the ball back I I, I don't I don't want to like not let you jump in like did you like I didn't really catch this until I rewatched the game tonight you know granted I will admit I was pretty hungover when I watched this game. Uh, so it was a little hazy, but I re I rewatched the game an hour ago and took all these notes and that when I, when I caught that again, I like, I, I kind of was at a loss for words. I can't believe that you would turn down a fourth and four. Yeah. Um, so this was one that I absolutely did not understand. And this one really frustrated the hell out of me because as you said, this was a defense that was easily easily getting you know burned every chance they got and then you know giving another opportunity when it could have been fourth and four to me it it, i I have no explanations there it it should have been uh decline i i really have zero explanation and that was just i feel like a mental error on um coach mcveigh's part you know he uh he probably should have declined it it's like it's just these things and you know it's been talked about we've talked about like like i said this has been a conversation we've had a lot where i feel like he just like tries to get too like too smart with a lot of these decisions and that's a perfect example of one of them like no third and 14 it'll be tough to convert like dude you get you're getting fucking roasted every drive you should be happy that you have them in a fourth and four situation where they have the lead they're definitely going to kick a field goal um, and you'll get the ball back and you'll get a chance to match those points. You know, it just, that one was crazy to me. And the, the end of my McVeigh rant here, this is my last, my last complaint and maybe my biggest one. There's four minutes left in the game. You're down 37 to 13 and you trot the starters out for another drive. There's four minutes left. Your running back is made of glass. You're you're a quarterback injury away from the season being over, and you trot out everybody. Now, as a, someone who owns Matthew Stafford and Robert Woods in my fantasy leagues, thanks, Sean. As a Rams fan, I could not fucking believe that he actually trotted them out for just a pointless drive so they could trim the deficit from 24 to 17. There was no chance that they were going to win the game unless they scored on the first play of that drive. And even then, there's still a very slim chance that they're going to win the game because Chase Edmonds just drove 99 yards down the field by himself. Do you really think you're going to get three stops in the rushing game when you couldn't stop them from the one fucking yard line? I, I just I could not believe that they actually trotted the starters out there for another drive. Who is it for? Who who benefited from that besides fantasy football players? I mean, that's all I can really all I can really think about. I don't. I mean, you have a backup unit for a reason, and, and most of the time it's for you know uh, for injuries, I suppose, or if the game is like well without of reach well 
the game was out of reach. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't on our end that was out of reach. Um, it was against us that it was out of reach. So at that point, what's the point? You know, you have you have two other capable backup quarterbacks that are just itching at the chance to prove themselves. You have a rookie running back that may never actually see, you know, some legitimate playing time. Be nice to kind of see what he could do out there. And and then, you know, there's other receivers out there, cough tutu at well. Uh, and even Ben Skoranek, I don't, I, although I don't know if he was a healthy scratch or not. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, there's so many backups that we have that you don't need to have these starters out there uh, because it's not even just about Stafford. It's not even just about um, Daryl Henderson. Really, I, I, I mean, one of the successful things about this. Uh, you know, offense so far this year is how well the offensive line is playing. And if one of these guys get injured, especially for a long period of time, you're, you're risking an awful lot here for absolutely nothing. So yeah, I, I told, I'm totally against Sean McVay on this one. You know, uh, <laughs> there's no no benefit to it unless you are a fantasy owner, like you said. Luckily for me, I'm a Matthew Stafford owner, but that didn't matter much anyway because yeah. my team's about to lose. <laughs> me too. You know, I I loved the Stafford garbage time touchdown as somebody goes in fantasy, but like you're right, man. Imagine the conversation we'd be having if Cooper Cup or Matthew Stafford or Andrew Whitworth got hurt on this drive. It just it's just unbelievable. I it's unbelievable, and, and like you're you're gonna get your ass kicked from time to time. Like that's fine, you know. We got our ass kicked in this game. It happens. It's happened before. It'll happen again. That's football. That's the NFL. Even great teams just get smacked in the mouth occasionally. But the game's over, man. And if you stop them on third down from the one yard line on the previous drive, okay, yeah, trot the starters out. You have a chance to win the game. But they just ran. 99 yards of down the field on a 12-play, 8-minute drive where they only ran the football. They didn't pass a single time. And so what are you expecting the outcome of this drive to be? Even if you score on the first play, the first play, they had a home run touchdown. Do you think that your defense is going to get a 3-and-out after giving up a 99-yard drive where they didn't throw a single fucking pass? No. The game is over. Let the backups get some reps. Let this guy that you you needed to draft in the second round to be your fifth wide receiver get some actual in-game reps instead of just throwing your starters out there for no reason. Just uh, I, that was that might be the maybe like that might be the dumbest thing he, I've ever seen him do in in his time here. There just there's no reason to do that in this game this early in the season or at any point in the season. You don't play your players in the preseason because you don't get those games back, but you're going to throw out your starters on this drive. It's the same shit. It's just as meaningless. Oh, Lord. All right, let's take a break and then talk about this game again. <laughs> I, we got to get to some of these games, man. This team is on fire. I want to be at these games, but buying tickets is hard, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all the all over the internet to find your Rams tickets anymore, because TickPick, T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, 
All One Word is the original no-fee ticket website and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. Because we all hate fees, right? Every website's got these hidden fees, hidden fees. But TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other websites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NFL tickets. And if you don't believe it, because, hey, I didn't believe when I first read this, if you could find a better price for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. So they're going to give you even more money if you you can find a better deal here. I mean, it's crazy. They they are so confident in their service that they're going to give you a 110% of the difference in a purchase price if you can find a better deal. You guys know I'm over here on the East Coast. I'm a displaced Rams fan. Luckily, the Rams are flying across the country in a few weeks to take on the New York football Giants, and I'm planning on getting tickets to that game. And, of course, I'll be using TickPick. So I'm going to be getting the same deal that I'm giving you guys right now. You head over to tickpick.com slash rtr and use our promo code again rtr same promo code rtr just the three letters all caps you're gonna save ten dollars on your first pair of rams tickets using tickpick.com every penny counts guys we all know the rams they're never losing again so you're gonna want to attend every football game you can go to and you're gonna want to avoid all those hidden fees and get the best price you can using tickpick again t-i-c-k-p-i-c-k let me know how you feel about Stafford, man. All right. Uh, where else? This was a um, really bad game for Matthew Stafford. You know, he did make some good plays, but as I mentioned earlier, the, the interception was bad. Um, not a good decision. He got bailed out by a pretty shitty rough in the passer call on his second interception. That throw, you know, it wasn't necessarily his fault, but... I don't. I don't think he should have let the ball out on the. the it was a pass to Cooper Cup that got easily picked off, but uh, we got a pretty lousy penalty in our favor. Um, he missed a lot of passes. You know, it's he could add Cooper touch Cup on a touchdown in the third quarter or close to a touchdown that would have swayed the whole game because I believe we missed a field goal on the next play. Um, and you know, I'm not worried about Matthew Stafford at all. He's not going to be. He's not going to look as good as he did in the first three games every single game of his during his time here, um, and it just it, the offense as a whole, man. A lot of people are blaming the defense for this loss, and they they deserve some blame. But the way you constructed this team, the prior the things you prioritized in the off season last off season you or last year you were a team that prided yourself on being a great defensive team. And you want or die by your defense. That's how you're built. But this year, you know, you, you you let some players walk on defense. You don't replace them. You spend all your most of your meaningful assets on the offensive side of the ball. Your one free free agency acquisition is a receiver. You trade. You make a blockbuster trade to get a new quarterback. You trade more picks to get a, another running back. You spend your only second round pick on another receiver. The way you prioritize things in the offseason, you should have an offense that's built for shootouts. And they came out in this game and scored 13 points. You know, I'm not I'm not even going to count the, the last drive because it sh- they, we shouldn't have been on the field. That drive, this should have just been no points. We should have lost 37 to 13. Um, you know, it's it's more on the defense, I think. You know, you, you can't give up 37 points. You just can't do it. And, I, and even with... You know, if you can't, if you take seven off the board for the the Sony fumble, it's still thirty points. 
you know, you deserve a lot of blame for that loss. But the way this team prioritized things and was constructed in the offseason, you should be able to compete in games where your defense is going to get cooked. And, you know, look, we play the Cardinals again. I don't expect us to give up 10 points. I expect us to give up at least 20, 25. And, you know, when you play really good offenses, you can't expect your defense to give up what? What if we score 20 points? You can't expect them to give up 16 points to great offenses, you know? Um, I think the offense has to be better. I think they will be better. You know, I don't, I don't think this is going to be a recurring theme this season. But, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around to Raheem Morris and the defensive performance in this game. But don't overlook the fact that the offense scored 13 points in actual game time. I think um, – so I, I'm one of those people that – uh, that believe that the defense ha- deserves a big portion of the blame here. Not I to agree. suggest, yeah, yeah. They, they do, they do. But I think both sides deserve some blame. Of course, yeah. And and as you mentioned, Matthew Stafford had a terrible game, which you know it sucks, but it happens. Like I, I mean, we saw what Matthew Stafford's capable of. So to sit here and suggest that he's Going back to his old Matthew Stafford self, where he's gonna he, he's gonna uh, start off strong and then end terribly. And it's like, dude, no, just no. Uh, am I gonna sit here and say that Matthew Stafford won't have his struggles down the road? No, I mean every every quarterback does. It may not happen as often as others, but even the best guys. I mean, even Patrick Mahomes, we've seen this year struggle. And I think we can all agree that he's at least a top five quarterback. So I I think that for those that are suggesting that Matthew Stafford may not be as good of a quarterback as we hope, I think you need to relax a little bit. Yeah, it it was a terrible game and he deserves to have a big portion of the blame too. Um, You know, particularly that interception was just horrendous and some decisions he needs to rethink and as a veteran quarterback I think he will uh, look back at some of the tape and you know think about how he can readjust his game and you know use his weapons a little bit more effectively Um, but you know again this goes back to coaching as well you know completely abandoning the run uh, for at points of the game you know that's unacceptable and at the same time, I feel like uh, part of the reason why Sean McVay has has kind of dialed back on running a little bit. First of all, he invested an awful lot in in the passing game this year, so I think it's very clear that he wanted to pass the football. That's one thing. The other thing is, you know, losing Cam Akers really hurt us a lot, um, and evidence of this was because I'm, I'm more than certain that especially in the goal line situation that if the Rams had cam makers, they would easily punch it in. And that's no excuse because I, I they, don't know. Not when they're running empty, Johnny, there's not even a running well, back out there. Okay. So that's a little bit different, but I, I mean, if we have cam makers in this game, who's to say that we do something that stupid, just saying, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that he would have bulldozed his way in, um, and and that's really not Daryl Henderson's game anyway. That's not the type of running back he is. Can he do it? Yeah, I'm sure he could, but 
can he do it as effective as Cam Akers? That, that's another story. But that's not an excuse, but this is what I'm suggesting is why uh, Sean McVay tried a little bit too much to be pass-happy. And I'm hoping that this is kind of like an eye-opening experience to him to suggest maybe, you know, give the running game a little bit more of a shot. You know, don't abandon it when things go go south. You know, um, that Sonny Michelle fumble was was a heartbreaker. It, it, I, it kind of, I think, hurt the morale of the team overall, not just um, the offense. And um, that that did come at a bad time. But it's just it's just one of those things where like nothing went right in the game, and um, losing that balance, that edge, that the offense had in the first couple games, that's where I think the offense failed. So in my opinion, this is where this is where I kind of deflect not not deflect, but this is why I kind of I'm a little bit more harder on the defense here. Because I see at least on the offensive side of the football, there are a lot of things that can be corrected. There are a lot of things that can be adjusted, and I am confident that the Rams can actually pull through offensively. I don't know if I have that with the defense. There are some things that they can tweak, don't get me wrong. There are some things that they can certainly improve. But there are a lot of things, a lot of little things, that I don't know they can improve on. And it's not just from this game. This game was was horrendous, don't get me wrong. And again, you have to give credit to the Arizona Cardinal offense because they are one of the better offenses in the league, if not the best offense in the league. Um, That being said, with the defensive side of the ball, you've seen a lot of struggles all year long, and that's where it has me a little bit concerned. Am, am I making sense, Steve? Am I being a little bit too hard on the defense, or maybe I'm just overrating the offense? What are your What's your take here? No, you're 100 percent right. It's the offense was great players and great coaches playing bad. The defense was maybe a bad coach and definitely some bad players getting exposed. Um, I I am not going to sit here and like say like we're there was people saying we need to get rid of Raheem Morris after this game. Like, calm down. They are a really good offense. It's tough to match up with because their quarterback is such a dual threat. Um, and they have so many good receivers. Like, they they go four deep, and all four guys are talented guys. Um, and I, I actually, I think Chase Evans is, is good after watching this game. Is he good enough to run 99 yards down the field by himself? No. But he's pretty damn good. It's... Uh, Sorry, I got the Chargers game on. I need Keenan Allen to catch, like, one more pass for my fantasy game. Just dropped a pass. Uh, back to this. <laughs> it, yeah, there, there are a lot to be concerned about because we're, we're unsure how good of a defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is going to be. And there's a lot of players who we weren't sure about going into the season who played really bad in this game. And I think particularly the big, the big concerns came with, the, the lack of a run defense to me, which is credited to our favorite position inside linebackers, not really playing or being good in this game. And 
in the secondary who got abused. Um, you didn't see a ton of from DeAndre Hopkins, A, because he was injured, and B, because Jalen Ramsey was on it for most of the game, who played a hell of a fucking game and about the only person we could say that for on defense. Everyone else in the secondary got cooked pretty bad. The biggest targets, I think, were Taylor Rapp and David Long. David Long got absolutely shredded in this game uh, by A.J. Green, who it was, you know, A.J. Green is not what he used to be, but it was an experienced player who's still pretty good, uh, really just taking it to an inexperienced cornerback who may not be good. Um, you know, we liked him coming out of the draft. This is our first real looks at him this season. Hasn't been that impressive. Uh, he, he gave up, I think, five catches for 89 yards and a touchdown in this game. And Taylor Rapp, you know, a guy who got benched last season after starting for almost his entire rookie year, uh, came in as the starter this year because we lost John Johnson. We all had a lot of faith in him because of what we saw his rookie year, not necessarily because of anything we saw last year. Uh, he looked okay spelling for Jordan Fuller. But he looks bad, and Jordan Fuller doesn't look great, and John Johnson is clearly missed, and Troy Hill is clearly missed, and Darius Williams also doesn't look great. I don't think he shouldered, like the other guys, I think shoulder a lot more blame in this game than him, but um, Jalen Ramsey is going to do his thing in the secondary all year. We've seen enough of it to know, and thank God he's fucking there, man, because everyone else, for the most part, has not looked good, and when you rely so heavily on um, not really, you know, we talked at length about lacking investments in the inside linebackers, and that's one thing. But they only played two linebacker sets about 50% of the snaps in this game. So you, when you rely so heavily on having safeties on the field so much, and you're still getting cooked in the passing game as well as the running game, it's certainly a big concern. And I don't, like... They're not going to be this bad every week for sure, but this is a team that we're going to have to play again, and we might have to play again if we want to go to the Super Bowl a third time. Uh, you're certainly concerned about it. These are, like, if if on a scale of 1 to 10, how concerned I am about this defense being able to perform in big games. You asked me that last week. I probably would have said, like, a 3 or a 4. I'm at, like, a 7.5 now. Um, this was certainly a, a concerning game defensively. It is a good team. You know, it might just be the fact that the Cardinals are really fucking good, but there's a lot to be concerned about here, given, you know, the uncertainty with our defense coordinator um, and given the uncertainty in a lot of the personnel on the field. You know, that that's true. Uh, a lot. Basically, a lot of what you said was absolutely right. Um, I don't know, because, like, to tell you the truth, I was pretty critical of, uh, of Raheem Morris in this game, uh, probably a little bit more than I should have been. Uh, but I think primarily because we've essentially seen Raheem Morris play exclusively at zone the entire year. And it's like, it's his reluctance to actually, you know, back away from there. I don't know if it's confidence, um, you know, not doing any other package. But it's very clear that it's not effective because all three or all four of these games so far hasn't been a flawless um, coverage performance, you know. And uh, again, you're not going to have a flawless performance, especially uh, against a team like the the Arizona Cardinals. 
at some point with so much talent on that offense, there's going to get, you know, some broken, um, you know, some broken secondary plays and that, that's something to be expected. But when the entire fucking game is just trash at some point, you're going to have to make some kind of adjustment. And I think that's kind of where I miss Brandon Staley because when things were looking bad uh, on the defensive side of the football, um, because even though the Rams' defense was number one last year, there were times where the, uh, times in the game where they just weren't that great. But Staley's adjustment to the game was all the difference, and I just don't see that with Raheem Moore so far. Now, mind you, it's still only four games. Um, it's a brand-new defense uh, brand new coaching staff, so there is going to be some adjustment along the way, at least I hope so. But if he continues down this path where it's basically staying committed to zone only, I'm really concerned. I'm really, really concerned. And you know, while we give major props to Kenny Young last last week, um, clearly he's still you know, weak at certain areas of his game. Yeah, but, bad. this was a bad Kenny Young game. After yeah. an incredible Kenny Young game, this one was rough. Yeah, this, this, this was a... And, and as much as I know um, that he performed terribly in this game, I'm still, you know, I kind of expected it going forward. I, I, I I'm... I'll, I'm almost okay with him being as terrible as he was because we knew that. We knew that going in. But what we didn't know was how terribly Taylor Rapp was going to be. We we didn't know how terrible David Long is going to be. We didn't know Jordan Fuller wasn't going to be that Jordan Fuller that we've seen last year. And we didn't know that Darius Williams wasn't going to have an amazing season either. So I'm legitimately concerned about this defense, you know, and and there was literally no aspect of the defense that shined other than, as you said, Jalen Ramsey. You know, there was very little pressure on Kyler Murray, and when there was pressure on him, you know he he's an elusive quarterback, so I I can I can't really fault them. You know not getting uh, a hold of him, but some of the tackling in there still remains a huge concern. You know, uh, again Chase Edmonds is a talented running back as well, but good lord, it shouldn't be that hard to take down Edmonds. You know, just as as an entire team. You know, he looked like he was Derrick Henry out there, and he's not. No, yeah, he he's good. Don't get me wrong, but you know, when there's guys in the league like Alpha Camara, when there's guys in the league like Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, uh, it, the Panthers are good, man. Christian McCaffrey might see him in the playoffs. You know, if we're gonna get wrecked by Chase Edmonds like this, it it's very concerning. In you know, when both your run defense and your pass defense are playing bad, you have to be concerned, even if you have two of the best defensive players on the in the world on the same side of the ball. There's still nine other players that have to contribute for that defense to be effective. Uh, we're playing Seattle next week. 
they are they have given up the most yards in the NFL on average per game. Um, this this Raiders game might change as it's on right now, but without counting that, um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't I don't think it will, but um, we've given up the six most yards per game. Given up more yards per game than the Dolphins, than the Falcons, than the Lions, than the Giants. All these bad teams, the Jets. Um, luckily, the Texans and Jags are still worse than us defensively, and the Seahawks oh, we God. play next week. But um, that's the bright spot. Yeah, Jesus Christ. It's it's like if if you're gonna have such bad linebacker play. Not that it's always terrible. You know, Kenny's had a lot of good games this year. But you're also really going to play one linebacker sets for most of the game and play so many safeties on the field. You have to be effective in one aspect of the defense. And there is definitely a chance that, just like we said in the offense, thoughts of this just being a bad game for them, it might just be a bad game for the defense. But I'm less sure of that. You know, I'm pretty sure that this offense, like, it's not – it's going to be more of what we saw the first three games than what we saw today offensively and i'm not sure about that on the defense and we play seattle next week they're not as deep offensively as arizona is but they got a pretty good running back they got a quarterback with a pretty similar play style to kyler murray and they got two really damn good receivers on their team not four at least but two of them if if we get blitzed again like we did in this game, yeah, I'm going to be pretty concerned. And I think even if we get blitzed in that game, the offense is going to come to play, and I still I think we'll still have a good chance to win it. But it's tough, man. It's tough. And like, no, I didn't think Taylor Rapp was going to be this bad, but we had no idea if David Long was going to be good. You know, I, I think we expressed that in the preseason. We had no idea if the inside linebackers going to be good. Um, we had no idea if the outside linebackers were good, and and I mean to their credit, I actually think they did a decent job in this game. The the pass rush uh, got to Murray, but he got out of the pocket, and there was no game plan on how to put him down when he got out of the pocket. Uh, and you should have that game plan in place when you're playing Kyler fucking Murray, you know. Uh, you know, do I know what that game plan is? No, but I'm not a defensive coordinator in the NFL, so it's not my problem. Oh, come on, Steve. You know you're a defensive coordinator. <laughs> I, I I could not tell you. If this was Madden, I would run QB Spy. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> I am, uh, you know, I, I know my role. I'm a guy who has a podcast that talks about the team and writes about them very occasionally. Uh, I am not an X's and O expert here. But I hope Raheem Morris can be. And I hope Sean McVay can be as well. Um I mean, do you got any other thoughts on this game before we talk about Seattle a little bit? 2-2 looked okay as a punt returner. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I I mean, I I shouldn't complain too much. At least least I didn't see Cooper Cup that I can remember in the backfield. Or well, in the returning punts, rather. Well, they didn't punt a lot. No. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't punt a lot. Uh, yeah, fuck, man. I mean, ho- let's hope that this was just an ass beating, and we move on, and we play well on Thursday. And a short week too. I don't. Do you think that's better or worse that it's a short week coming off this game? Uh, I think it's worse. Yeah, I definitely think it's worse. And I, I mean, on the road in Seattle. 
you know, you're playing from one one NFC West team to another. You'd like a little bit more time to prepare for a rival that is gonna certainly play you the best that they, they can, um, especially for Seattle, who's trying to maintain, um, you know, at least relevancy in the division, um, and that's no easy matter. You know, just one loss is a, a huge loss in within the division. So, you know, um, you you can expect that it, they're gonna fight tooth and nail in this game, and the difference this year is the 12th man will be there. Yep. And that's going to make all the difference. So it's, you know, the the Rams have some improvements from last year, um, offensively particularly, um, improvement at quarterback. I'm pretty confident offensively, like I said. Um, was a terrible game, but I think that they can, you know, um, bring it uh, against Seattle. But it's not going to be easy still. This is, you know, their defense may not be as solid as Arizona's, but they're still, you know, they're still a pretty decent unit. Yeah. Their defense that, is not very good. I said decent. If, if I didn't say good. If the outcome of, the, of next week's game is the same as this week's game, like score-wise and game flow-wise, I think it's way more on the offense than this one was because they don't have a very good defense. And we should not give up 37 points to them either. No way. But this needs to be a smash performance for the offense. Uh, yes. They need to win this game for us. It's um, Yeah. yeah. The, Seattle's offense this year isn't, hasn't been great. But, you know, like we said, it, there's still a lot of talent there. You're never going to count out Russell Wilson. Um, it's on the road in Seattle, so that's going to go against us. But – you know, the offense has to win us this game. They can't expect to score 13 points and, and still win. You know, if, if if the defense gives up 20 points in this game, I'm thrilled, uh, honestly. It, it's still Seattle. It's still Russell Wilson. Um, we've had good success against them, I feel like, for the most part over the Sean McVay era. Uh, you know, we've lost a couple, but we certainly won a couple. We won the playoff game last year. This Seattle's going to be hungry in this game, but the good thing for us is, you know, even though they have all this talent, they're not playing that well. Uh, they're two and two. Their wins are against Indianapolis, who we also beat, and San Francisco last week after Garoppolo got hurt. Uh, their losses are to the Vikings, who I think are pretty good, but are one and three, and the Titans, who we're definitely not sure if they're good at all. They just lost to the Jets. Um, Gotta have some fairness on that one, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're they were missing they're missing some players. Okay, um, Seattle's certainly not bad, but I, you know, I picked Seattle to lo- win this game in the preseason, and I'm not going to pick them today. I'm going to pick the Rams probably in like a twenty-seven twenty type of game. But the Rams should win this game, even on the road. They should win this game. Now, let me say this: if they lose. We had a pretty tough opening five games, even though the Bears and Colts don't look that great. Um, Our next three games are against the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. Even if they lose this game, if they do everything they need to do, they're still going to be 6-2. and But a 3-2 start doesn't feel that great. And also, 0-2 in the division to start is brutal. It's going to be tough to come back from that this year. Yeah, they... uh... In my opinion, it's a must-win. 
I have no doubt about that. Um, maybe from a record standpoint, if you look down the line, it may not be that impactful. But um, for morality's sake, for uh, division contention's sake, you, you want to win this game. I, I feel like there this has to have a must-win mentality. Or, and if, or if they go into this game saying, well, we still have a long season ahead, they're probably not going to come out on top. You know, this, like I said, this is a hungry Seattle team. They'll do anything they can to win this game, especially in front of the 12th man. So I, I'm still thinking that they're, they're going to win this game. Um, I do think the offense is going to wake up a little bit. I think uh, Sean McVay is going to wake up a little bit. Hopefully Raheem Morris wakes up a little bit. Um but yeah, I, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a 31 to 20 victory uh, for the Rams. If we are gonna lose this game, like for the love of God, please let it be like when we lost that Seattle game. What was was it two years ago when Greg Zerline missed the kick at the end of the game? Ah, uh, yeah. Just like uh, let it let the team look good at least. I can't. I don't think I like if we lose the game. In the same way we lost this week, the season is far from over. As I mentioned, we should if they do what they're supposed to do, we should win the three games after this pretty easily. Um, but God, it's going to be a rough podcast Thursday night if they uh, play like they did this week. I, I may have to be like Steve. Uh, I'm a little too sad to to do the podcast today. So, Ugh. I I will be honest, Johnny. If they lose 37 to 13 or 20 or whatever, I don't think I'm going to do the fucking podcast. <laughs> it's going to be 11, um, 11 o'clock here. I don't know if I will show up to that. I mean, I, I can't tell you. Like, I, I took one step outside this morning, and I felt like there was people, like, just looking at me and laughing, saying, <laughs> like, what happened to the Rams, man? And I'm like... I don't know, man. I was I wasn't on part of the coaching staff. Not that I would have made a difference, but <laughs> I probably would have made things worse, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm like I, I honestly don't have an answer for you, man. We they played like hell. It, it's like I I always like refer to the Rams as like we, and I'm a defender of you can refer to the yourselves as us or we when you talk about your favorite team because it's oh, a fucking absolutely. yeah it's a sport it's not that fucking serious we know we're not on the team but like after a game like this is like i start referring to them as them or just the rams not like us like i'm not a part of it after the loss it's only the wins it's like yeah man we, we're on top we're on top especially uh after beating the bucks this week yeah i don't know what they were doing people who like actually like get mad when you're like when you say like we need a win it's like oh you're not part of the team it's like man we are watching men in tights who get paid millions of dollars to play to throw a fucking ball around like this is really not that serious it's not even a discussion worth having like if you don't want to say that that's fine certainly not worth going at other people for saying it this is all stupid sports are stupid but we love them anyways hey hey it's serious, man. <laughs> I, my, input, my input matters. Everyone values everything that I say on the team. Sean McVay <laughs> comes to me for advice. It's it's me, uh, part of the team. There's a me and team. 
I mean, yeah, listen, man, like when sports are ruining your day, just like take a step back and think about how little this stuff actually matters in the grand scheme of things. It's fun. I love it. I invest a lot of my time into this stupid fucking franchise that <laughs> at least has finally stopped letting me down a little bit in recent years. Um, at least a lot less than other sports teams I like that I will not be talking about until said teams make trades. But, uh, yeah, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Uh, Well, hopefully uh, we do get to do the podcast on Thursday after a win. Yeah, yeah, after a win. Um, By the way, I'm not going to lie. When we lost the Super Bowl, it ruined my fucking day. Yeah, it's a lot. You're allowed to. It's yeah. allowed to. But you know it, what? It ruined man? my day. You know what, man? I was just happy to be there. Uh, <laughs> it, it truly just like after the years of them winning like three games or less, uh, you know, it just it was it was nice to be there in a game that actually mattered. And that's why it's so frustrating this year because this team is good and and can get to a Super Bowl and win. You know, you just can't pull shit like this. Yeah, that's and, true. And if you want to get to the Super Bowl, when you do pull shit like this, leave the starters on the fucking bench with four minutes to go down 24. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I have a feeling that's going to be uh, that's gonna be talked about a lot this year. It should be, man. And it's just like, real quick before we end the podcast, like, you don't play your starters in the preseason because it's meaningless. A decision that's fine, that I understand, that I get why he's doing it. So why are you playing them on that drive? It is the same exact situation. <laughs> it means just as little. You're not winning. You're not winning no matter what happens on that drive. Yeah, it is a fair point. And like what? How much how much time was left when we got the ball? When, or when they scored? Oh, jeez. There look. was there, there, there was a minute and 14 seconds left. Yeah. So what what was your goal on that drive? To just score a touchdown to feel a little better? Did it for the fantasy teams, man. Get that point differential up? Like, I don't fucking get it. Hopefully we never, hopefully we don't have to have this conversation again this year because we're not going to get blown out like this again. Yeah, let, let's hope. I, I, I don't know if I can handle another frustrating game like that. Oh, Lord. All right. Well, that's it. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you guys Thursday right after, hopefully, a Rams win in Seattle. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Rivero, at johnny 6 at TalkRams. And uh, like I said, we'll talk to you guys Thursday. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that We're going to see him soon. You feel me?